Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Yes, we hope you're having a good week. Uh, Conchetta is off of school one day this week for Indigenous Peoples Day, and we're going to be reading a book called I Am Sacagawea. Do you have any idea, Chetta, who Sacagawea is? Not at all. No, right? I didn't think you did. So we're going to read. We're going to find out about her. What I will tell you is she was Native American to the area of the United States that we now call Idaho, which I've never been to Idaho and neither have you. Sorry if you hear banging in the background, guys. There's construction going on. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So neither one of us have ever stepped foot in Idaho. It's close to Colorado, though. So, okay. Yes, she's from Native American from that part of the United States. So we're going to learn all about her and who she is and why it says, I will blaze my own trail and what that means on the back of the book. Okay. What, does she have like superpowers? Can she like blaze fire? She's pretty close to having superpowers as much as a normal human can. So yes, when you hear all about what she did. (laughs) So before we get started, um, we're just going to give a quick shout out. Shout out time, guys. Yeah, this shout out is actually going to a teacher, not to a kid. You believe it? This shout out is going to Miss Rosie. Her first grade class, I'm not going to say where, but Miss Rosie sent an email telling us that she, from time to time, plays sleepyhead stories in her classroom. Thank you so much, Miss Rosie, when they have quiet time and things like that. And we wanted to say hi to her. Thank you so much for reaching out. We appreciate it. We love that you listen and share us with the kids. And we hope you guys get to listen to I Am Sacagawea because this is super important to learn about, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Miss Rosie. Thank you. (laughs) all right guys after this we will get into the book can't wait (laughs) bye i am sacajuia by brad meltzer illustrated by christopher iliopoulos i am sacajuia What do people expect of you? Your family, your teachers, your friends, do they expect you to be a good person? To do well in school? To keep your room clean? Well, people had different expectations of me. In fact, they didn't expect much at all. Why? It was a different time in America back then. They didn't think much of people who looked like me. Someone who was a girl someone who was young, someone who was Native American. When I was born, the United States was still a brand new country. 
George Washington was just becoming president. But my people, my tribe, which was called the Shoshone, had already lived here for thousands of years. And this is my father. He was chief of our village. And this is my brother. We lived in what is now called Idaho. The United States was so young that Idaho didn't even exist yet. The snow is arriving. It is time to move on. And when winter came, the women of our village would pack up our lodges, our homes made of brush we lived in during certain times of the year. In the spring and summer, the whole village would move to an area where there was better fishing. In fall or winter, we moved to different areas for different food. When I was around 12 years old, our Shoshone tribe was attacked by another tribe. They captured me and took me back to their village. From there, I was given to a French-Canadian man and became his wife. That's when I was given the name you know me by, Sacagawea. That's how life was back then. War captives were treated like property, something that could be given away. But lucky for me, my life was about to change. I'm Meriwether Lewis. I'm William Clark. We're explorers and we need an interpreter. Someone who can help us speak to other native tribes like the Hitatsa and Shoshone. I speak Hidatsa. My wife speaks Shoshone. At the time, I was pregnant. When the baby came, it would be hard to travel. But I didn't have a choice. That's how things were back then. Besides, Lewis and Clark had a mission. A mission from President Thomas Jefferson. Today, the United States looks like this. But back then, the U.S. only had 17 states. Thomas Jefferson had just made a deal called the Louisiana Purchase, where he bought the big yellow part in the middle from France. The whole area had never been explored by the U.S. government. There were so many mountains, we didn't know if we could even get through. So our goal was to examine the land, open trade relations with the Native Americans, and find a safe path from here to the Pacific Ocean. But the only way to make it happen was with a translator who could help speak to the Native Americans who were already living there. It was harder than you think. To talk to a Native American, I would translate what they said into Hitatsa, a tribal language that my husband spoke. Then, since he didn't speak English, he would translate the Hitatsa into French. Then a member of the team would translate the French into English for Captain Lewis and Clark. By the time we were ready to leave, my son was born. Clark gave him the name Pomp, a nickname after a Roman general. It was meant as a joke, like calling a child a commander. 
Was it dangerous to take a newborn baby into the wilderness? Of course it was, but we didn't have a choice. I wasn't even considered an equal part of the team. And that's how things were back then. In April 1805, the Corps of Discovery set out from my village to explore this great uncharted land. Lewis and Clark thought it would be a one-year trip. They had no idea what they were getting into. There were a few dozen men, and I was the only girl, the only female teenager, the only one with a baby, and the only Native American. Today, people say I was a guide, but my real job was an interpreter. Soon enough, Lewis and Clark realized that I had many other skills though. My people lived on this land and I knew its secrets. And with a sharp stick, I'd find wild artichokes that mice had buried in the ground. I'm hungry, there's nothing to eat out here. Wait, the girl, why is she pointing? She's saying these roots and fruits are safe. We can eat them. And we can eat these too. And look at these berries she found. She is amazing. It wasn't just food though. This was my land. My people lived here for centuries and I understood its passageways. Which turn should we take? She says that one. How does she know? She recognizes that mountain, the one that looks like a beaver's head. That means her tribe has been here before. This is the right path. In their journals, Lewis and Clark spelled my name eight different ways. Sarkar Jarwia, Saku Jawia, Sakar Jarwia, Sakala Jawia, Sakawia, Sakajarwia. Sometimes they even called me snake woman or bird woman. But over time, they learned exactly who I was. One day during a sudden storm, my husband lost control of our boat. The vessel nearly flipped. The men panicked and fought. No, our supplies, our medicine and papers. The supplies, they're floating away. In the middle of this pioneering journey, our supplies, which could not be replaced and were needed for our survival, were about to be lost. Hurry, do something. Stop panicking. Careful, you're going to tip the boat. Someone help us. Only one person stayed calm. Carefully balancing myself with my infant son strapped to my back in a boat that was about to flip, I was the one who gathered all our supplies. You see what she's doing? Our instruments, our maps, she's actually getting them. That's right, it was I, a young girl, surrounded by soldiers and frontiersmen who saved us all. I didn't wait for someone else to come to the rescue. I came to the rescue. 
And all the while, I also did my job as an interpreter, helping Lewis and Clark speak to other tribes. In Shoshone, we say you are not human until you learn your language. These are some of the real words from my tribe. The Shoshone word for tree is Sohobi. The word for corn is Hanaibi. The word for water is Ba. And the word for horse is Bungu. There are no words for hello or goodbye. We don't want to say goodbye forever, so we say something that is closer to, I will see you later. For our expedition, the word bungu was one of the most important of all. If we wanted to cross the Rocky Mountains, we needed horses. Who had them? The Shoshone, my tribe. I led the way. Be careful, they might attack. I had no idea what to expect that day. It had been years since I was taken from my tribe. Our expedition had never seen a Shoshone war party. A battle could have started. But instead of fighting, both sides began to talk. Sometimes even without words, you can communicate peace. Soon after, they invited us to meet their chief. That's when I saw my brother, my sister, and my father. It was wonderful to see my people again. We traded with them, giving them supplies and even a medallion from Thomas Jefferson. In return, they gave us horses, helping us prepare for our journey through the mountains. Eventually though, it was time to leave. The next part of your trip will be difficult. You will be going to places where you know you won't know the land. You'll meet tribes where you won't know the language. Lewis and Clark really don't even need you anymore. So may I ask, sister, said my brother, why are you going with them? Why not stay here with your family? To this day, no one knows that answer. Some say it was because we still had more to explore. Some say it was because I felt like I was part of the team. Some say I was even inspired by the adventure. One thing was certain, the mission wasn't done. So, what would you do? The trip was never easy. We faced grizzly bears. We were hit by hail and flash floods. We ate candles to keep from starving. I even got extremely ill. That winter, our Corps of Discovery had decided where to build our camp. Usually, that decision was made by the men in charge. But for once, the final decision rested with Lewis and Clark. But on that day, my vote was cast, like everyone else on the team. We'd like to know what you think. We need everyone to vote, including me. Yes, Sacagawea, including you. 
Did our expedition ever reach the Pacific? Yes, it did. Part of our group hiked to the water earlier than the rest and sent word back. They say they saw a whale. I want to go. To see the whale? Not just the whale. I wanted to see the ocean, which I had never seen before. And eventually I did. In the end, our core of discovery traveled over 2,000 miles. It took a year and a half by boat, horse, and foot. I was the only girl, the only teenager, the only one with a baby, and the only Native American. In my life, people underestimated me. Since I was a girl, they expected me to be weak. Since I was young, they expected me to be inexperienced. And since I was Native American, they expected to treat me unfairly. That's how things were back then. But that's not how they should ever be. Native American people define themselves by their stories. You know my story now. It's time for you to write your story. Don't let someone else limit you. As Chief Manak said of the Yakama tribe, we can only be what we give ourselves power to be. At the end of Sacagawea's expedition, her husband was paid $533.30 and given 320 acres of land. And his wife, Sacagawea, was paid nothing. That's not fair. Today, there are dozens of parks, landscapes, poems, songs, and even rivers named after her all across the country. Remember when she saved all the supplies during the expedition? When it happened, they named the river after her. Today, it's in Montana. It's still called the Sacagawea River. She's the first Native American woman to have her own statue in the U.S. Capitol. She's even got her own coin, the Sacagawea dollar. But since there are no pictures of her, the picture on the coin is of a woman from Sacagawea's tribe. Did she really make that whole trip with her baby? Look at the coin and the statue. Baby Pomp is on both. Without Sacagawea's bravery and knowledge, the Lewis and Clark expedition might not have ever been completed. And thanks to her, they were able to create maps, engage other Native American cultures, and find a route to the Pacific. Do you know what it means to navigate something? It means to find your way. Wherever you go in life, Whatever mountains you climb and challenges you face, find your own way and make your own path. Shatter expectations. That's what I've always done. I'm a girl. I am a teenager. I am a mother. I am a Native American. And I am powerful. I am Sacagawea. And I will blaze my own trail. The End 
The Indian woman to whom I ascribe equal fortitude and resolution with any person on board at the time of the accident caught and preserved most of the light articles which were washed overboard. This is a quote from Meriwether Lewis himself writing in his journal about Sacagawea after she saved the supplies on the famous boat ride. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. You can find us on all major podcast platforms and don't forget to subscribe so you get alerted every time a new episode is released. Please share us with your friends. Keep sending in those shout outs. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at sleepyheadstories at gmail.com or you can go on our website, sleepyheadstoriespodcast.com. Thanks again so much and have a great day or a great night. Thank you.